Hello, welcome to the second part of Elimination Chamber 2010. I, um, the, uh, as I left, as I left y'all the last, the last episode, I had nine minutes before I made a, I made a 60, I made an hour, so, which is the maximum time for this app, so I had to do the second part. So as I left y'all, John Cena was slowly getting up, and they were pull, pulling up or taking, bringing up the chamber itself. He grabs the title from referee Scott Armstrong. But you can see somebody's music is, seeing the, just capturing that. Somebody's music is playing, and out comes Vince McMahon. Last time this happened to John Cena was when Edge first cashed in Money in the Bank back in 2006, I believe. So this this mark, so John Cena was the first time to twice in an Elimination Chamber match have the title stolen from him by somebody after he uh, either kept the title or won the title. And he gets congratulated by Vince McMahon. He said, you're going to WrestleMania. The crowd starts, you can tell they're talking to each other. And then he said, as long as you can defend championship right now against this man. And it's Batista. Batista's dressed in his tights, his elbow pads, his knee pads, and his boots. So this whole thing was planned. It wasn't last minute. That was the best thing about those days. Was that it was not a last-minute decision. This was pre-planned, at least probably weeks in advance. It runs up to the ring like he always does. He entered the ring. So this lasted about I think it lasted about a minute, if not just. 15, 20 seconds. I think all it took was one, was one Batista bomb and it was over. Let's see. Let's see. He should not have, the character should not have even said okay to this. Then he rings the bell. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, 14, 15, 16, 17, Spear, 18, 19, 20, 1, 22, 23, 24, 5, 26, 27 seconds, he hits the Batista bomb, 28, 29, 30 seconds, 
to win the WWE title. about how Batista prayed on John Cena's prone body. One of them said, I think you need to add the words Batista and Mr. McMahon praying on John Cena's vulnerable body or vulnerability of John Cena. And that means Batista's going to headline WrestleMania, so the rest of the uh, road to WrestleMania was about the build-up to who the WWE Championship would be defended against. And I think some of them actually wanted Batista... Well, maybe... I don't know if they really wanted Batista, but some of them wanted um, somebody other than John Cena to be the champion. And I gotta be honest. said before how the dislike towards Roman Reigns when he was there... I said how it was similar to John Cena. But in no way do I think they're similar to each other. No, I just think the dislike is similar. And I really don't know why they dislike John Cena or Roman Reigns for that matter. Because whereas they're very different, they are similar. They're just not exactly the same. And Michael Cole, this, everything we're saying right here was perfect for the next night on Raw between Cena, for Cena and Batista's uh, scene. And he said, now the more I think about it, King, Michael Cole said this. I think that Mr. McMahon sick Batista on John Cena for John Cena's support of Bret Hart. Over the past couple of weeks, Brad Hart has come back and it looks like he's going to become a thorn in the side of Mr. McMahon. But obviously Mr. McMahon wanted to nip that in the bud. It looks like he did it here tonight. That's what Jerry Lawler had said, according to the closed captioning on the network app. Then Michael Cole starts talking about Brad Hart. said, well speaking of Brad Hart, we want to take you back this past Monday night on Raw. Bret Hart was there to say goodbye to the WWE Universe before tragedy happened. They showed him talk about wanting to make peace with Vince McMahon and that Vince lied to him and kicked him in the gut bit in his face, lied to him some more. He said, now I know where things stand. I'm going to take this opportunity right now say goodbye. Then, I, bo- I remember this. It ended where they made it look like that his 
leg was caught by a uh, by a car door. So that's a large portion, I believe, for the next two for the next two weeks on Raw. The 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 portion of those shows was based around um, Brad was based on Brad Hart's uh, leg problem with Vince McMahon. Out comes Drew McIntyre next for his title match. And you can see just in this video how different he is. I'm not really talking about the way he acts. I'm talking about the way he's built and the way he looks. He has a mustache and beard now. He's, I mean, he's really built now. Right here, he just walked out with an attitude. Not an angry attitude you see today. No, a cocky attitude. And he said when he returned the first in NXT that he was very self-entitled, which is easy to be considering the condition of the workplace. So now when he comes back, when he came back, he wanted to change that. So that's the only true part of his character now, true to life part. I don't know who he's going to defend the title against, but... The biggest mistake they made with him right here was calling him the Chosen One. I don't think he knew enough, because he is so brand new to, um, to the to the American part of the business. I don't think he knew enough of what he was doing to where he could give Vince and the company what they wanted. Fortunately, though, they put him against Kane. Who had been in the business. I uh, actually was in Smoky Mountain Wrestling and then WCW and then WWF. That was even before he was Kane. So... Before he became um, Dr. Isaac Yankum, he had actually had a match against Sting once in WCW. And he was paid to lose, so he went from being paid to lose to being... He actually, I think, when he found out what Isaac Yankum was about, I think he wanted to go back to being a jobber. Because how bad it sounded. Anyway. What... Um, anyway, he went from being Isaac Yankum to being Fake Diesel. Then, when that ran its course, he became Kane. So, yeah, he's been around a long time, so he would know what to do in a match against Drew McIntyre right here. No, now that he's a mayor of Houston... I think, no, ten Knoxville, Tennessee. I don't know why I'm saying Houston, Texas. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see. Uh, he spent one, he had one last match with The Undertaker and Crown Jewel, I believe. He was aware of Triple H tore his pectoral muscle. Um, and when he and Shawn Michaels against Kane and The Undertaker. It'll be really interesting to see um, 
it would. Um, if they try to help him with his campaign or anything. Don't know what they could do, but it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with them as the new mayor in Knoxville, Tennessee. They had the old snap mayor take down to McIntyre with his famous running drop kick, hooks a leg, the kick out before two. Thought had like takedown, which is actually very old school. They get to their feet, and McIntyre starts hitting him with rights, throws, gets into the ropes, throws him with a Irish whip, then he gets thrown down with a shoulder block. Cover hooks the foreleg of McIntyre, and McIntyre kicks out another side headlock takedown by Kane. slowly getting to their feet. <coughs> Both men are. Right to left. Irish puts Kane. Kane blocks the hip toss with a neck breaker. Hooks a leg to a shoulder up by McIntyre. I don't even know if that referee is still there. But it just shows how long referees stay, because I saw, first time I saw this referee was back in, I think, 2003. His, uh, his count is very unique, like McPatrick's count was. Short arm clothesline to Kane, staggers him, but doesn't knock him down. He runs into a clothesline by Kane, knocks him completely down. Kick had a two McIntyre's face. He put his elbow completely over McIntyre's neck to knock him down to his feet. He gets him down, gets him up to his feet, knocks him again. Irish whip. This is that. Don't even know what you call call that. Looks like a chop. Gets misses it when McIntyre ducks. Gets his knee. His left knee gets kicked out a couple of times and a few. Forearms by McIntyre while he's in the corner. He actually backflips McIntyre over the rope. McIntyre lands on the apron, hits his shoulder into Kane's stomach. He goes over and pulls um, Kane's right arm over the ropes. Right hand, and right hand, a few times, he has to be pulled, he has to back away before he gets qualified, then a right hand straight to back and tire. Kick to Kane's, either stomach or his knee, then he pulls arms, Kane's arm onto his two knees. That was the worst, uh... Punishment he's faced in this match so far. Hooks the leg, kick out before the two count. 
arm bar next to Kane's left arm. Going for a different version of I used to see uh or I'd seen Arn Anderson do this before. It's a different version of a wrist lock. Instead of putting it sideways, curl both arms to the back. And uh, Kane's probably gonna turn this into a headlock. Or just pulls him no he actually throws him over the top rope. When he pushes him. <clears throat> They're wondering if they can get a, a replay of what just happened. Or a double feature as they used to call it. They do as McIntyre is getting back in the ring. You can see distance that he went and he almost looked like he hurt his knee. Now he's walking around fine. Comes back, kicks Kane in the chest again, once again, puts his knees into Kane's same uh, arm. Back to that arm bar after Kane kicks out of the pinfall. <clears throat> Hmm. Hmm. Right hand and two McIntyre's uh, ribs, I think they were good. Right hand to his forehead, Irish whip. Comes back with a boot to, big boot to, uh, McIntyre's no to hit Kane's face and then Kane backflips him to counter the uh double arm DET. Boot to McIntyre's face. Right hand to McIntyre's face to the corner. Irish whip coming. Line to McIntyre in the corner, goes back into an elbow, runs into an elbow, Ooh. hits uh, McIntyre with the right hand, knocks him down, cover, looks like two, left shoulder up. Slam to uh, McIntyre, 
two kick out with the left shoulder up. to the top rope for that flying clothesline that he perfected gets it <clears throat> clothesline goozles him for the choke slam but when he goes around McIntyre jumps off Pulls out into the ring apron. That doesn't do him very well. Because Kane throws him into the turnbuckle. Into the. Where the turnbuckles are. And I think he hits. Not just the turnbuckle. He may have hit the. The um. Yeah. He actually hit part of the still post. Gets kicked off. And Kane goes out after him. I form. Hmm. The way it looks, Kane's gonna lose this by count out. So I think he's at the count of five. Six. He actually gets back in the ring. And something does happen. I'm not sure what. Ooh. Kick a couple of times. Out of the ring. Okay. He just walks to the back. Kane's after him. I think he just did an eye rake. And into the into the uh, barricade. Heads up. Throwing him in the ring, he puts his head against the mat. It was a mistake. Oh, no, it wasn't. He, he gets back in there before the count of ten. Thumb to the eye, which is what I was expecting. Now, Gow gets a double arm DDT. Hooks the leg. Two, three. <clears throat> okay. Let's see how many minutes. Oh, wow. Okay. Let's see. Irish foot. No, no. Show the replay of his finisher again. Let's see. Right here, he was undefeated.
sorry. He's just talking in French the whole time to Gail Kim, being nice to her. And Gail Kim spoke back in French, telling her to stop the charade. She said, I'm going to beat you and enjoy every minute of it, every second of it tonight. She said something else in French as she walked away, and she mocked um, Maurice when she does the talk to the hand gesture. The air of the old-fashioned, please do not try. I mean, the, the original, please do not do not try this at home. Uh, and I, I forgot what you call it, advertisement? Hmm. First person come out is Maurice. think about to say what they were saying to be honest I couldn't really say much of what they were saying I have to say though that when when the girl Kim was wrestling right here even though it was great to see her do it I honestly believe that this is almost like um, wasted time not because she didn't deserve it, but because by the time she came back from TNA, even though she left on good terms, they're getting interrupted by Vicky Guerrero. I don't know what's going on. Anyway, by the time she came back from TNA the first time, I felt like her time, that she, that her time had come and gone to really do anything important in the WWE. At this time, Vicky Guerrero was the official consultant of SmackDown. So let's see. She said it that it had come to her attention that the Raw Divas had said some disparag made some disparaging comments about the Smack about the SmackDown Divas, even though it was only Maurice. And she said, and being the diva that I am, <laughs> sorry, I can honestly say much wrong, but the most beautiful and competitive divas are on SmackDown. At the time, no, they weren't. They were equal at the time.
Once again, she has to say, excuse me. Because she keeps on being told that she... I, ever since I found what, what the word... Uh, I'm going to spell it out. S-U-C-K. Ever since I found out what that means, I was going to say another word for it. They keep on telling her how much she stinks. As a, uh, or in other words, how much they disliked her. She said, furthermore, since I am the only dude that has authority in this building, I am officially postponing the Divas Championship match, the tag team match. Because she was a consultant to SmackDown, I didn't think she could make that kind of decision. That's why I can't believe this. And she obviously made them go against Michelle McCool and uh, Layla. Because those were the women she really was, quote, friends with at the time. So it was obviously Vince who gave her the uh, the power to do that. I found out a few months ago that Layla, who you could tell there are a lot of times where instead of being aggravating, she was really funny. And I found out from Michelle from an interview that Michelle McCool made to or did with the WWE dot com website or app that uh, that she really was as funny as she looked because she was really a clown in real life, and that's why the whole um, I forgot like cool. That's why the Lay Cool team works so well because they're not only close friends, but it's easy when one of your when your close friend is always is always goof is always a big goof in the sense of the sense of joking all the time or playing around. So that that I can understand even more. Michelle McCool took the advantage advantage of the referee telling Maurice to get in her corner. So she kicked Gilkim off the top turnbuckle when she was trying to climb to the top. This is actually about to end. And while she's he's making the count, the ten count, or administering the ten count, 
Well, yeah, let's tag again. Michelle McCool double. Um, baseball slide kick to um, Gail Kim. She gets thrown back in there. Makes both legs to kick out at two. Left shoulder up. Two, two count for a break. The whatever she was doing, she pulls back on uh, Gail Kim's neck. They are very careful because a woman's body is more delicate than a man's body, so they try to make sure not to hurt the neck. You can tell they were careful, or Michelle McCool was careful because when when uh, I spoke about Fall Brawl 95 not too long ago, and when you, I remember seeing the end of that and how Hulk Hogan, he does not, he never did a lot well. As a matter of fact, the most he did well was um, was his finisher. That's the only good thing he would do outside of getting the crowd excited. So you could see when he was doing half of a. a Iron Sheik's finisher, cover clutch. When he did half of that maneuver to he did half of that man maneuver to Zodiac. He did it, and that's the same maneuver that Gil Kim was having delivered to her earlier, or performed on her earlier. You could see he did it harder than Michelle McCool was doing it. You could blame this finish, this uh, loss on Maurice because when she could have tagged Gail Kim, she just pushed her, pushed her away, by pushing her face. Gail, Michelle McCool delivered her version of the Styles Clash for the victory. One, two, three. Uh, gotta make, gotta get it away from the red dots. Let's see. Here, the Miz. No, oh, yeah, it's the Miz. He was a tagged, so unified tag team champion. Let's see. Oh, this is the first time Daniel Bryan came out. He was, uh, Dan this was the first season of NXT, when NXT was the, uh, was a fat interactive show on, uh, Sci-Fi. And The Miz was his, uh, pro, and he was, Miz was also one half of the Unified Tag Team Champions. He was saying he's a bigger loser than the St. Louis Rams, and he better listen to him, because with his help, he could be the next big star. Or he'll have the look, the personality, and the charisma to be a star in the WWE. And that's when he was still saying that he's a Miz and he's awesome line. Uh, Outcomes MVP.
Let's see what MVP says. Oh, okay. Good from the first time we agree on something. You're right. Personality is very important. By the way, things are about to go against each other for the U.S. Heavyweight title. He said, in becoming a WWE superstar, but wonders for you, so wonders for me. But even more important is winning. You know something about that? The last week on Monday Night Raw, Self and Mark Henry won our tag team match against you and the big show when I pinned you. So in essence, I won an opportunity to face you again for the U.S. title. Matter of fact, that goes down tonight. But I suggest you head to the locker room and change out of that really tacky outfit and get ready to tell your NXT rookie how you lost the U.S. championship to MVP. But how you did it with personality. It's really amazing how the real people, Mazan, Mike Mazanin and Alvin, actually forgot MVP's last name. But I read that his name was Alvin, or his middle name was Alvin. How they really do contrast each other, because Seth and Miz is a jerk, but not as bad as uh, MVP. So that's just amazing to me. William Regal comes out. I'm really not sure. Oh, it's King of the Ring. He's in a suit, so let's see what he does. Oh, that was after they... Oh, because of NXT, there was no um, more ECW, so William Regal was in negotiations could perhaps come to Monday Night Raw or SmackDown, whatever the case may have been. Regal's got a microphone in his hand, so he does want to talk. Oh, so they didn't even... Uh, now they even show the people yet. Okay. He brings up how the new uh, the new show is never before seen as a new evolution in WWE TV NXT. They said it was new and innovative. Will feature eight NXT rookies paired with eight superstars or WWE pros. Excuse me. Understandably, been chosen to be one of the WWE pros. Oh, that was. I don't remember him being a pro, but that would be. That's actually. He was actually one of people they should. If they were to do this today, they should have used. They should have used more legends than actual current superstars. Because that's where it all boils down to. Of all the pros and NXT rookies, I have the most experience and tenure here in this ring. Such wonderful people. The crowd's sharing something. 
He said, because of that, I expect and I demand to be treated with respect. I am the model of professionalism, he said. Each and every one of those men can learn something from me. In fact, each and every one of you wonderful people could learn something from me. If you could just conduct yourself in this in the middle of the day gets interrupted by a... I don't even know who it is. Edge. Okay. He won the Royal Rumble that year, so let's see. That he couldn't stand in the back as he goes on and on and on. Honestly, it's like watching paint dry. See, I thought they'd come out here and tell WWE Universe something they might actually want to hear. See, it was three weeks ago that I won the Royal Rumble. Means that I also won a, a chance to be in the main event of WrestleMania. At WrestleMania. Which also means that I can choose to face either the WWE Champion or the World Heavyweight Champion. Now, what I'm here to tell everyone is that tomorrow night, live on Raw, I'm going to make that decision. But tonight, tonight, I'm here to do something else. And he spears Regal. And up next is the U.S. Heavyweight title match that was announced about 15 minutes ago. <clears throat> and it's coming to me. I think the reason The Miz has, has always been able to to take mid-card titles and make them a bigger deal is because of his understanding, because of not just being a fan, but understanding the importance of the title. Doesn't matter which title it is, you're going to make every title seem, and make every title be as important as possible. I don't want this to be any longer than it needs to be. So I'll just, uh, I just want to go to the end because I don't want to do another recording. Because I have 16 minutes left. Ooh. I might actually be able to talk about the entire heavyweight title. Elimination Chamber match without going to the end of the maximum time. MVP gets knocked out by the big show. That's how he loses. 
the referee wasn't looking and being distracted with the Miz. That's how he keeps the title. Show earlier in the night, Triple H getting double teamed by Orton and DiBiase. Showed the draping DDT onto the still floor. And he, of course, the submission. Of course, him submitting to the uh, STF by uh, John Cena. Then Batista winning it after McMahon sent him out there. Mysterio comes out. Fast forward to where where I knew people were coming out to the chamber. Mysterio would have to be one of the greatest uh, superstars, not just of all time, but have to be one of the greatest superstars of uh, giving the fans outside of Morrison and uh, Bret Hart, giving the fans a souvenir, something he's been great at, because even in WCW, he used to take an extra mask and put it on a fan put it on a fan's face to bring home. So that's one of the reasons why he is so great outside of being in the greatest uh, high flyer and the greatest um, little man in the history of the business. Literally, not just as the shortest heavyweight champion in the history of the business, but he's literally the shortest WWE champion of all time. So that that in itself makes him the greatest uh, little man in the history of the business. So giving a souvenir to the fans just makes him makes him a great asset to the company. Seeing because he understands the importance of ship. Sharing an experience with the fans, giving them something to remember beyond just the entering part. Second competitor is The Miz. I actually forgot they almost won Miz, the, I mean Morrison. So Morrison is out second. I forgot that he came close to winning the gold heavyweight title. 
Chris Jericho, when he beat The Rock and Stone Cold to become Undisputed Champion, first ever Undisputed Champion, they said that that was in St. Louis. Of course, they could have been talking about when he beat Triple H, too. So either way, they said he won his first world title, heavyweight title, in uh, the um, in St. Louis, Missouri. So interesting. So this another interesting statistic to look at. So this actually takes longer than the actual match. So I'm actually fast forwarding it to make sure we get to the match itself. R-Truth and CM Punk started the match. Um, <clears throat> bet between me and my mom, we call um, we call um, CM Punk CM, no, I call CM Punk CM Junk because it rhymes with his name. And when he left, all I would, uh, all I ever, all I can remember him doing was just constantly whining about change that even though the company may have needed, if you know that it's not going to happen, there's no need to fuss about it. You just start whining like a, uh, like a kid and that's unnecessary. I think they have the eliminations of uh, of each wrestler in chronological order to make sure I don't go um, to make sure I don't miss it. Let me go to uh, to the match itself. Let's see. Okay. Punk eliminated our truth. Mysterio entered. Eliminated Punk. Jericho came out. Um, Marson came out. Marson eliminated Mysterio. Um, the final entrant was Undertaker, who was the defending champion. Shawn Michaels super kicked him. He came from underneath the ring. Through the steel floor. Then Jericho pinned Morrison. And then Jericho pinned The Undertaker. To uh, to not only be become champion. But go on to Wrestlemania. So he ended up facing Edge. And John Cena ended up facing 
Batista, I believe. So, yeah. Yeah, John Cena definitely challenged Batista and The Undertaker def No, and Edge definitely challenged Chris Jericho. Okay, that's the last step. That's the last... That's the last match, so this is the end of my episode. I mean, I just... Uh, realized... I'm gonna have to start... Watching a lot more, I have to start doing a lot more Raw vs. Nitro, because that's really what I want to talk about. So the next time I do an episode, it's going to be Raw vs. Nitro. Thank you and goodbye. Hello, this is Daniel Vayon, and I want to say thank you, Anchor. Every day that I'm able to, every time I record an episode like I'm doing right here, I'm really going to say thank you because I realize it could be spending a lot of money uh, somewhere else. The effect I have to do this free is great. Thank you and goodbye. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.